Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the movie bros herself, Joey Noel. We back, baby. We it's back, been a long baby. time since I've heard that theme song or that version of it. It's so nice. Fun. It's nice. It's like it's like home, you know, getting into get into bed, a little hot cocoa. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. We have a lot to talk about. Isn't that right? The sad boy himself, Barrett Courtney. Hoot hoot, Tim. Hoot hoot, everybody. Hoot hoot. And the new face of video games, stunning in that shadow. Bling, bling. Of course, we have blessing at Ayoye Jr. What up? That that screencast intro is kind of nostalgic for me. I know this is this is a hot take. You know, this is a, maybe unexpected, but back in the day, screencast was one of my favorite kind of funny podcasts. I love screencast so much. There you go. So I'm honored now, to be here with the movie bros. It is back, and and you're on it. You're you're going to be part of the of the legacy going forward. For everybody that missed it, uh, we're going to be doing kind of funny screencast. Uh, the, what we've been calling kind of funny reactions for the last couple months of us doing reviews of uh, different movies and TV shows is going to continue under the screencast name. And whenever we're all watching a bunch of TV shows that we might not necessarily get their own headline, their own video, uh, we'll come together do a, a, a montage video like this where and podcast where we'll hang out talk about the different seasons of the tv shows that we're watching what we would recommend what we might not recommend uh if we wasted our time watching season two of a beloved show on disney plus but maybe we'll get to that later i'm not really sure uh but either way this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together at least once a week to review the latest movie and tv shows that you all want to hear us talk about uh you can get it on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com and if you want to get it as a podcast you can go to your favorite podcast service and search for kind of funny screencast and we'll be right there for you if you want to get the show ad free you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny and you will be able to do just that now we've got a lot of requests to talk about stuff uh that's been happening over the last year we do a pretty good job of hitting all the major movies and obviously the star wars stuff the marvel stuff we're going to talk about but there was one show that had a finale last week that every one in the world was tweeting at me was on reddit was on every social media platform we have like are you guys going to talk about dave season two i need to hear your thoughts well here we are everyone we're about to do it dave season two blessing i want to start with you all of us have seen the full full season one and two just for for context there but bless i want to start with you what do you think dave season two starting off I was a bit worried because the first few episodes weren't doing it for me. Day season one, I absolutely adored. You know, I I, I think there's the famous uh, Gata episode that we all love, and that is okay. probably one of my favorite episodes of TV. And I was hoping that season two would bring more of that Dave season one energy. And starting off, I think it started off a bit rocky, but it found its footing pretty quickly. I the one gripe I had throughout the season was Dave, his character himself. I thought they made him a bit too unlikable, which is part of his 
progression as a character, right? Like that's how they're trying to develop him. So I, I understood the direction, but it's that thing where there are so many comedies nowadays that uh, where the main character is kind of the villain. You know, I think of things like Atlanta, which Dave takes a lot from. I think of, of Rami. I think of things like Never Have I Ever, which we'll, we'll talk about later. Um, but so many comedies nowadays make the main character out to be this asshole or narcissist or person who is generally unlikable. And Dave really pushed that to its limit for me in a way where I was like, damn, I really hope they make this all worth it because they're really going for some things this season um and toward the end of it i think they really did it like i for me by the time i finished the season i felt like i understood the vision and i felt like it was mission accomplished especially with how they handled uh the side characters especially with how they handled gata which gata this whole season kind of felt like way more of a side character to me but by the time you get to the end they bring that all back around where the the i don't know how, we're not are we going into, into spoilers like how are we handle, handling all this i mean it, it's like it's light spoilers i mean it's more light about spoilers. recommending than anything okay. so don't don't yeah, so spoil like, shit on the on the hard you know for sure the 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 way they wrap up the season i think packaged packaged it all super beautifully in a way that allowed me to look back and go okay that was all worth it you know i think there were some bumps here and there i really like each episode kind of having its own gimmick or uh, guest appearance that really made that episode you know i think of kareem abdul jabbar i think that was such a good episode i think the doja cat episode was so good uh this season it it even though it started off rocky toward the end i ended up loving it i don't know if i can compare i don't know how i would compare it to season one but i will say that this definitely uh lived up to me in, in being a incredible season of tv joey noel I mean, yeah, Blessing nails it on the head. Like, I watched, because they dropped the first two episodes together for this second season, I think, right? Maybe? Maybe not? Mm, I don't remember. Wait. Did I lie? Yes. Yeah, yeah FX on Hulu usually does that for two yeah. episodes. Yeah. So I watched those first two, and I was like, ooh, this is rough. Especially coming off of, like, the way, like, the ending of season one, because I had gone back and watched, I think, like, the last two episodes of season one starting with the episode of where they're at the wedding which just is oh. oh a gut punch to the heart every time i watch it uh that's how i make sure i know that i can still feel things i just go back and watch that um and so i watched those first two and i was just like oh this is not great and i am not feeling this and even when we get to the third episode with benny blanco who i love by the way like it's always, it, my, it blows my mind that all of these people like he's not an actor he's a producer and like the same i think of gata like he's not an actor like first and foremost and yet they put on like these real obviously on different levels and in different ways but these like really incredible performances especially uh yeah in the finale of season two um but i was just like it kind of took until the kareem abdul jabbar where i kind of felt like they were kind of getting their footing for everything um and then yeah by the time we get to uh like the bar mitzvah and doja like all these other things i'm like okay i feel much much better but i still felt like we were missing like the like really deep like emotional things and then i feel like yeah by the end of the season they really came full circle and hit all the points that makes made the first season of dave so worth it to me it was just kind of like structured differently in this one um but i was real worried there at the beginning <laughs> barrett uh, I, I loved it. Um, you know, I, I do understand like the kind of rocky start that Blessing and, and Joey were talking about. And it was one of those things like going into it and like the kind of like initial reactions. It it felt like it made sense of like where they were going to set up uh, the season two, especially of like how season one ends and this uh, decision that Dave makes, I feel like is the first decision that kind of makes him 
going to be the, a very unlikable person because uh, there's a lot of selfless stuff that I think he he does at the end of season one um, that is hard. It is very emotional and stuff, but then like seeing the kind of immediate aftermath, I was like, this kind of makes sense of like where where he thinks he's going, how he's treating others uh, that are close to him, and I, I think absolutely adored this entire season especially with it kind of all coming to a head in the last episode because it, it is a weird comparison it almost um reminds me of uncut gems in a way of just like how cringe and like distressed out you feel in a lot of the scenarios that happen this season and it feels just like this kind of like really tight fist just like gr gripping and gripping the entire season then you get that release at the very end you're like oh my god um which i think is why uh the the finale for this season is Blessing and I were talking about it off air. Like Blessing was talking about how the season finale might be one of his favorite season finales of of anything, and I, I'm it's definitely up there for me as well. I think just like how it was all brought together by the end of it was just so masterfully done. Um, and yeah, there's just like so many uh, fun things. Yeah, the Benny Blanco kind of uh, episode was really fun. Um, the the Kareem Abdul Jabbar episode was the one that like one of the ones that stressed me out the most. Um, and yeah, I, I just loved seeing the interactions with like, you know, him stepping up to this next level of fame of him interacting with a lot of these people, and then seeing how that affects everybody around him. And I, I, I yeah, I was kind of missing Gata getting the kind of spotlight in this season. But it, again, I think that was done very much on purpose of uh, to kind of even showcase even more of like how much. Dave has sidelined a lot of people, um, which, again, is just how it all comes together is so, so good. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved it as well. Like To me, there's a holy trinity of TV shows right now, and that is Atlanta, Dave, and Blind Spotting. And I feel like if you're a fan of any one of those, you have to watch the others. They are so good, and they're all kind of just different sides of the same story, like almost to the point that I, I'd believe if they were all in the same universe, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, and I, they're not, but I'm just saying like yeah, in the yeah, sense yeah. of like the vibes they give off where it's like they can so effortless, effortlessly flip from being a comedy to a drama to the most deep emotional thing you could possibly imagine and right back every which way, depending on what the episode is. And there could be an episode that's a totally different genre, totally different style. And it doesn't feel weird because there's like an artistry that is really the DNA of the, the entire um show like throughout the entire run and uh I, i'm with everybody in, in the sense of like this season started off in a weird way where it was like coming off of season one being so good where it's like i don't think it really had a dud episode i do think the first two in this one in this season are the weakest episodes of the show overall but i still don't think that they were bad they just weren't fantastic like they weren't like what i expected and so it kind of put me off where i was like mm, i don't know about this and then when episode three hit which was the benny blanco one um i i saw online it was still a little bit divided where people were just like oh man this shit fell off i loved that episode because for all the jokes and all the shit like the way that it ends i think is one of the more poignant moments in the entire series and i think that they really did a good job of showing a different side of gata there and Gaeta, I think, was in this in the the series the perfect amount because he was always there to kind of be this this like constant that was at the brink of breaking at any moment, but never fully mm -hmm. broke. And even when he when we do kind of see that, it, it's in a positive way. It's never really kind of he's never seen as the enemy, um, and and we almost kind of see him as in the right against Dave, who just keeps being an asshole, keeps doing the wrong thing, and yeah, that can get a little insufferable. And I will say that 
when, once we get to the finale, which is probably one of the best pieces of content I have ever seen in my life, uh, up there with last season's finale, but this one was different because it it had that kind of emotional resonance where it all came together and you're just like these motherfuckers like they got it man <laughs> they know what they're doing they have the team and they're kind of firing on all cylinders with it but my my biggest criticism is from season or from episode one to episode 10 of the season i think it's like a slow burn of him being an asshole and the kind of resolution I, it happens a little too fast for me like i would have huh. we we kind of see it in episodes nine and ten i would have liked to have seen it in maybe like eight, nine, ten well, to kind of like give I, it a little bit more. We saw it a uh, little bit in like the tail end of episode eight, I would argue. Um, cause I, I feel like there is a, a moment of realization, um, for, for Dave, um, that he doesn't completely accomplish in like actually, uh, internally looking into like what he's been doing. But there is like a moment I would argue in season, uh, or episode eight, uh, near the end where it's like, thank God that you're was sorry. Uh, I agree with Barrett. Yeah. I just reread the thing of like, what was when, what happened where? Yeah. It's less about Dave. It's less about Dave. It's more about like what happens in the finale. Mm. I, I feel like mm. wasn't set up and was it doesn't actually make sense when you think about it. I don't want to spoil it, yeah. but I feel like that could have used a little, a few more bet breadcrumbs. Cause like so many elements of what happened were introduced in episode 10. That's fair. And Got I feel it. like if they were introduced a little earlier and like, there was a little more debate of like, what is that performance going to be? And who's going to be a part of it? I yeah. think that could have like made it even stronger. Uh, but I mean, fuck, I was crying. I was bawling my eyes out, <laughs> like legitimately. Like this is Pixar levels of man. These motherfuckers hit yeah. me. And, yeah, it, so. and it's in a way that like if this show, like I would love to more of the show. But the way this uh, season ends, like I could see it as like the end of the story. And I, I was like, yeah, like I I could have it either way because I, yeah. I think that's just how strong it is. By the time we hit that climax point in episode 10, I, I think the way they did it led to so many emotions and realizations happening at once that it worked for me in that moment. I hear what Tim's saying in terms of there's so much they were setting up to get to that point that they kind of set up in a few seconds and boom, like we're here, right? And like that could have been stretched out over the course of multiple episodes so that that slow build could have met more and and, and felt more nuanced and explored more more of that back and forth. But that said, when we when we get to the final moments and we realize what's happening, for me, I went through so many emotions, right? I went through, oh, okay, this is what's happening. No, wait, this is what's happening. Oh, snap, this is different. Oh, wait, so this is, oh, sh so they're doing the thing. And like that, that roller coaster leading into... Um, something that I think this season did better than last season, which was the music of this season, I'd say hit way harder than the music of last season, right? Like the the songs in the in the in the last episode alone were fire, let alone the songs in, in episode nine. There are songs throughout this season I felt were more thought out and felt like it felt like the like uh, Lil Dicky put more TLC into it, uh, with the exception of maybe like the song from the last episode of ep of season one, which was you know the first twelve minutes of the episode. That felt like a, like a Lil Dicky song, but so much more this season felt way above the line of My Dick Sucks from season one, right? Like there are so many songs where the, the final song in this season was a song where I was like, they have to put this on Spotify because this beat is fucking dope. The verses are fucking dope. And what they're saying in it, you know, vibes not only so well with the show, but you can take it out of the show and it's still some dope ass music. And I know we were, we were throwing around theories of is Lil Dicky going to drop an album at the end of the show? Like what are, what's going to happen with these songs? And I, w I wish... Uh, we got even if it was a fake album that was the soundtrack to this season. I wish he would drop the album that he was promoting in the, in, in season two because I, I think I think that was so good and and that also 
um, being played into the storyline of not only his relationship with Gator and the other characters, but also his writer's block and what the show has to say about creativity works so well as well. Because, you know, we talk a lot all about the finale, but episode 10 or episode nine, I'd say, is the other masterpiece in this season of like, the, the, by the time we get into the second half of that episode, the confrontation that happens and the way that builds and the and what that has to say about writer's block and creativity and in a way not giving a fuck about what other people think, but also in a way like, you know, like looking looking inside yourself for yeah. trying to find creative inspiration i thought was so good and i think is gonna vibe with any creative person and by the time we get to the end of that episode as well like there are emotions that i was feeling you know that that mixture of hype but then like awe of being like whoa like they really they're they're really going for it here uh you know i think that i think this season did that stuff so well and i appreciate it yeah, I think that in terms of just the storytelling too and like the plot, like sure as a character, Dave sucked, but it's like that was the purpose. And I think that it, he really did a good job of putting the Dave character in the show in situations that uh, were very relatable and real in scary ways in a lot of sense, but also just kind of like the the dealing with the political landscape that we're in, the social landscape that we're in and his role in it and comedy and like what it means to be a white rapper these days and like who you're collaborating with. And um, like the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar episode like kind of deals with it a lot more head on, but I think that it's just kind of prevalent through like this, this the idea of the privilege of him being able to even do this and it, like the privilege of even being able to ask the question is it real or is it comedy does it matter it's like i think that they they really nailed that in a very bo burnham-esque way and i just feel like this has been a very very good year for these uh introspective white guys <laughs> to kind of like <laughs> figure out their place in all of this uh which is a, a question in itself right but i think that um the way without spoiling stuff the way that they they kind of use the the platform uh to to really like question things and also actually give a platform to it's other people's fantastic gata in the bar mitzvah episode dropping the song in real life and that <laughs> thing hitting the fucking billboard charts man like it's been there since it debuted how dope is that right like that's so fucking cool and uh one episode that i i, I haven't really heard heard too many people talk about is it might have been episode eight maybe it was seven but the one where they they do the um the, uh, rapping uh, over the the beat for double xl the double XL uh, freshman cipher stuff yeah. where it yeah. was like the dual storylines uh, oh, between the, the freshman cipher, yeah. which like is something that obviously bless near and dear oh, to yeah. our hearts. I was looking at like who's making it each year. Uh, but then on the other side, it flipping back to um, him and, and the girl. What's her name? Emma. Um, Emma. Him and Emma working at the, the marketing place, which is based on his real life. Like little Dicky before he put out uh, – hit the ex-boyfriend song like he was working at a marketing place in san francisco <laughs> like it's so funny I, but yeah there's the a lot they, of stuff that it's uh that's like really embedded into like what it he's, felt it feels autobiographical yeah and yeah. yeah and it, and it's cool because like the way that 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 episode kind of played out and especially how it ended it every episode had a great plot to itself that added to a, a bigger narrative and at the end of the day the starring characters and the most important characters are the side characters and if season one nailed that with ali and gata i think season two took gata to a whole other fucking stratosphere yeah and um and and fleshed out emma in a way that made her so so much more interesting and yeah. compelling and man i'd watch a spinoff of any character in this fucking show absolutely yeah. my, my only wish was that we got more else but i again yeah. going with the narrative of like what's going on in this season like i got like what they were doing with him and him kind of being the first one to really see like what 
Dave was doing and not wanting to really fuck with that. Because um, I, I just I love Taco from Odd Future and I love that he's in the show and he he does a really good job. Of, like Joey, you were saying of like there's a lot of people like who first and foremost aren't actors and it's cool to like know about Taco from Odd Future like way back in the day and then like you know they did like Loiter Squad and stuff like that and now he's in this show and he's really really good. I I, I hope to see him more if uh, they continue the show. Yeah, Gator Gator especially is one of those characters where I can't believe he's not an actor first and foremost. Like I I really want him to win an award for his performance in the season because yep. especially yeah. in the finale he did such an incredible job with emo like emoting and saying the things that he had to say like it all felt it, it all felt so personal and and legitimately felt like an incredible actor at work uh and so i love that but then also going back to the double xl thing right like i love how uh in, in so many in so many ways the show's the show feels authentic to hip-hop culture and mainstream music culture in the way that it did tackle the the double xl and the lead up to like Okay, yeah, I gotta figure out my freestyle, which isn't gonna be a freestyle, but I gotta figure out like I I can't do a, a ninety BPM rap to a song to a beat a beat that's one hundred and forty BPM. Like I gotta fig figure all that stuff out. Um, I love that, and I, I love it especially because the season, this show, along with like shows like Atlanta and others, but you know I I, I would really narrow it down to this show in Atlanta. Do um, this thing well, which is having shows that f or having episodes that feel situational and feel very much you can watch this episode on its own but they do play into the larger narrative in a way that that weaves together very well right like the double xl episode and the doja cat episode in premise and in pitch have nothing to do with each other but the way they, <laughs> that they both contribute to what we get in the finale i think is just so well done and super impressive yeah absolutely I, I i i was going through hulu uh last night like after like watching Dave and we were watching a couple other shows and I, I looked up Atlanta and it was one of those, one of those things where I realized Atlanta season two was three years ago, Tim, more than three years ago. At that I mean, point. that's great. Me and, me and Joey, you watched it with us, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 We all, we watched it both seasons back to back last year and uh, that was a fucking trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was Dude, amazing. I, I, so I watched, I watched Atlanta as, as it was coming out, but I rewatched it again this last year um, all the way through. And it was, it was fascinating seeing how much Atlanta had influenced other shows, especially Dave. Like, you know, like Atlanta, I think was the show to really nail down that, that, that tone, even the setup of what I just mentioned of having each episode be situational, but adding into the greater narrative. Like it, it did that so well, this representation of hip hop culture it does so well. And I love watching Atlanta and Dave and see those two shows tackle mainstream hip hop music from two very different perspectives, right? Atlanta being uh, Atlanta hip hop coming, like starting from the bottom and coming up and Dave being like this dude who wants to do shit creatively that thinks he's better than everybody who's, you know, trying to, trying to get in on this culture. That's not necessarily meant for him, but him trying to be authentic with it. And, you know, I, I, I love both these shows and I, Tim, I think you make the good point of how they, they really complement each other in a way that it feels like they could be part of the same cinematic universe if they really wanted and to And you be. imagine Gata and Darius, oh my God. like Hugh Stanfield's character. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. I would love that cameo, honestly. Just give me a one cameo oh in Atlanta gosh. of Gata. Just, just, I would just show him at a party. It would just make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You so know, a, a cool thing to, uh, going on what you're saying, Blessing, about Gata not being an actor, like that's, it's fucking crazy because he's so incredible. And uh, he is Lil Dicky's hype man in real life, mm -hmm. Gata. And uh, Lil Dicky's DJ is Els, but it's not Taco. It's not oh, but his name is Els. Oh. But his gotcha. name is Els. Yeah. So it's like, it's super cool how it's autobiographical. And I, I wonder how, uh, and obviously Anthony, uh, whatever his name is, not his, isn't his real uh, manager, but it's oh, cool how it, it, 
Yeah, 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 Andrew. Um, it, it, that's just it's cool that they they made those decisions. But uh, Gata is just like he's just too damn good. Like you can't yeah. cast Gata. Gata is Gata, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a show! <laughs> what a show! Yeah, he is one of those people. I feel like we've talked about um, like especially with Tim's, like you have those people that are characters. And I feel like in the Dave universe, like he has all, like, it's so funny to see all of those just played out and how well they transfer to the screen because like, who would have thought, who would have thought, I thought. hope he really does get nominated for. At he least has to, like, man. He's so good. so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now before we move on, let me tell you about our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Canva. Guess what? You see all the cool stuff happening and kind of funny all the time. The new motion graphics from Tim or from Roger or from Nick or whatever. I uh, guess where they learn to do a lot of that stuff, the new stuff, because they had basic skills before, but not expert skills. They've been learning it from Canva. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. No matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Plus, Canva Pro comes with time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process. Just go to canva.me slash kindoffunny to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash kindoffunny, canva.me slash kindoffunny. Our next sponsor is stamps.com. If you know anything about kind of funny, you know we've been using stamps.com for a long time. When Joey was sending out a whole bunch of Patreon stuff way back in the day at the office, she had to start using stamps.com because we were using so many stamps and it's easier to use stamps with stamps.com. Uh, you can mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer, send letters, ship packages, and pay less, a lot less with discounted rates from USPS and UPS. Stamps.com saves businesses thousands of hours and tons of money every year. Stamps.com is no-brainer, saving nearly 1 million small business owners like you time and money. And with their switch and save feature, you can quickly compare carriers to find the best rates every time. Stop wasting time going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with our promo code, kind of funny, all one word, you get a special offer that includes a four week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments and no contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type kind of funny, all one word. That's stamps.com, promo code kind of funny, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. And now that we're back, I want to talk about what is definitely my favorite show of the year, Blind Spotting. Now, what? if you don't know, uh, Blind Spotting is a now TV show, was just a movie uh, that came out a, a couple of years ago with David Diggs and uh, Rafael Casal, um, Bay Area as fuck. And it is one of the best movies I have ever seen. It might actually be my favorite movie of all time at this point. One yeah. Barrett Courtney uh, recommended that I watch it. Janina Gavankar is is in it, in the movie. And um, everything about it, I was like, I, I just missed out on it. And I was like, everything sounds perfect, but I just missed it. We, did, we just happened like, upon it. I, like, I forget what movie Yusuf uh, and I were seeing in theaters. But like we had saw Sorry some... to bother you. It might have been sorry mm. to bother, but I, I remember seeing a trailer. Or no, Yusuf and I went to go see Blind Spotting together. That's what it was. But I remember seeing a trailer for Blind Spotting for a different movie. It might have been Sorry to Bother You, where I was like, "Oh damn! Like, what is what is this? Like, I I, I need to check this out." 
Yeah, and uh, uh, Barrett lent me the Blu-ray. I watched it, and I was fucking mind blown. Like, it is just 10 out of 10 artistry. It is such a film, and, like, especially growing up in the Bay Area and growing up interested in the hip-hop culture and all that stuff, I was just like, they're speaking to me. The cameos are all there for me. Like, I just couldn't believe they pulled it off. And then they're like, we're going to make a series out of it, and it's going to be a sequel, but it's going to be a semi-different tone, a little bit more lighthearted, whatever. And here we are, one season in, and God damn they nailed it i'll be damned if i didn't cry probably five times the season at least uh they pull your heartstrings for in so many different ways i could not gush more about it but before i do barrett what do you have to say about it uh yeah Alyssa and i loved it uh, Alyssa also a really big fan of uh blind spotting david diggs and rafael because saw she's only been able to watch the movie once because of how intense and how real uh, that that movie gets. Um, so yeah, we were we were super excited for the show, um, and the only reason that we had a Stars uh, subscription, and we will be uh, <laughs> maybe putting a pause on that Stars sub- subscription, maybe until hopefully a season two. Um, yeah, we loved it. Um, it was one of those. It was like a highlight of our weekend uh, for the last couple months, and y- yeah, it is totally like overall very different, but still is able to hit on a lot of same, like not same, but like similar themes and still be able to make a lot of commentary of like everything that's going on in Oakland, things that are going on in prison systems, um, while also being able to fire on all cylinders with comedy, with music, with visual performances. Um, There's like a couple moments, I think it was, might've been the first episode uh, of the season, Tim, where I think you texted me, it was like, dude, there's a moment at the end of this episode that like gave me chills. Um, And it's kind of like this, just this moment where everybody on the block is just like, how like they're blasting music and stuff, and uh, the main character she kind of like thinks back to, uh, to, to nights that were spent in Oakland, um, and it's just such a, a beautiful moment. And then like later things of like visual, um, or, uh, what's it called? Like interpretive dancing, kind of like showing like the journey of visual life. Storytelling. Yeah, like this visual storytelling and through interpretive <laughs> dancing of like these the life of these two characters in this universe and like what they've gone through together and growing up and all of this stuff. And you know, it's just it's so well done. Uh even like the the new characters that were introduced to, like Colin's sister, um Earl who's like living with the uh, with Colin's uh, mom and sister. Um everything. It was just like it was able to make a lot of commentary on like a lot of important things that still need to be discussed while also being funny, while also bringing in a lot of great music, uh, whether original or just like, like other, like, or like OG stuff. Um, it, it was beautiful. And then again, kind of similar to Dave season two, it like how it all culminates in the, the end. Um, the, the season finale just hits so hard, especially mm-hmm. that last scene, which I would put on par with, uh, Collins kind of, uh, rant free verse uh in the um end of blind spotting of just like how emotional that hits and how just like kind of like over the top it is in the best way um it's and how tragic it feels at the same time um it's it's fucking it's such a good show yeah i mean just to talk about that one moment without spoiling too much like within the course of 60 seconds and he's rapping the entire time it goes from angry to confident to sad to desperate so quickly and it's just like god damn that shit is good yeah joey what'd you think oh man this is i'm with you tim this is probably the best thing 
I've watched this year. Sorry, Cobra Kai, you've also been very good to me. <laughs> but I feel like this is just on a different level. Um, this was one of the first things that you and Gia made me watch in quarantine because we all got locked down where I'm like, well, it's going to be the four of us with Cool Craig all hanging out watching stuff. And you're like, how have you not seen Blindspotting? I was like, I have no idea. It just fell through the cracks for me. And I just remember being blown away by it and then being so excited that we were going to get more of it in kind of a different form. Um, yeah, the first episode, I it the thing that I appreciate about blind spotting is that it does the same a similar thing to uh pen 15 in that these both of these shows just capture the essence of what these places and time periods feel like and so much of that is in the details like uh i think it's the first season when um ashley's up in uh, uh miles's room and she's just like sitting on his bed it's like when she's going through his box of stuff and just even like the wall of stickers behind him i was like holy fuck Damn. i have not thought about these brains i have not seen these logos or icons in years at this point that was but like some like, early 2000 shit right, right? there i was like oh like, this feels so good it's all the little touches that just make it feel like really really bay area was uh, did i expect to cry to the this dance an episode of the show no but here i was just bawling i was like oh i this, i feel so many feelings yeah. um it's so good yeah so I, i'm i'm interested uh in, in people that that don't have that kind of bay area nostalgia on how it's gonna uh, hit them and i i don't think it'll hit on the same level obviously that's just how these things work but i do think that there's the characters and the story and the way it's presented transcends all that because it is just there's an art to it and like the things that we that make the bay area special i think that they to us i think they did a good job of really kind of condensing into something that like i wouldn't even call it greatest hits this is its own new piece of art and this own new piece of the culture that uh you can really kind of latch onto and understand like what makes these characters tick and the the world the, the bay area as a character itself like what makes it work and the way that they can seamlessly go from again like just like i was talking about earlier with the the holy trinity of dave atlanta and this that uh, go between genres and go between different things where a moment can be so sincere between two characters and then be funny and then all of a sudden it's spoken word and it just brings it all together and gives context to everything we just saw uh a whole new context to everything we just saw i'm, I'm just so impressed not a, a single wasted moment and every single time the uh the credits would hit. I was like, damn it. I know. I can't <laughs> wait for what happens next. And it's not in like a cliffhanger way of like, oh, what's going to happen? It's just, yeah. what are they going to give me? What are they going to allow me to see? The interpretive dance scenes. There's uh, another one that, that that hit me really hard was uh, when they are like going through the house and kind of it's showing the moms. And, uh, oh, Helen Hunt is the mom in this, by yo, the way. And which she, so she fucking killed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but her kind of reminiscing of the, the two kids growing up in this house playing, it's just like, oh my God, how did they do this so well with just showing these people dancing without words, just music happening? Like it was it, it's absolutely incredible. And bless, I can't wait for you to watch yeah. this. I think I'm you're excited. going to love it. I'm excited to check it out because I really did. I really did like the movie. I watched the movie about a few months ago and I thought it, it, it was uh, pretty awesome, especially being new in the Bay Area. You know, it was fun to, to get the a movie that was very bay area like i had for the longest time i was like man why are all my friends recommending this to me and i realized that that like after watching it, i was like 
oh, all the people recommending it to me were from the Bay Area. And so it's a fun glimpse probably into us. It's probably Yusuf. Yeah, I think it was y'all. Like it was Yusuf. You know, it was probably Belinda, too. Like, it was mainly all people I knew from the Bay Area. Um, but, yeah, you guys mentioned that that um, scene towards the end of the movie where uh, Dewey Diggs is uh, breaking into freestyle and stuff like that. You know, I really I really dug. And I really, I really dug it for how much it... Uh, pointed toward spoken word poetry culture which is the thing i was not expecting because i used to do spoken word all the time and in the movie i would recognize certain folks like sarah k showed up uh watsky showed up and i think like another poet here there there showed up in the movie as well and i was like huh it's very interesting and i realized yeah. that the um i forget his name but the white dude uh, yeah he himself is a spoken word poet uh and i didn't recognize him but then i looked him up and i was like oh yeah i literally watched your your, your yeah, stuff there, there's been, there was like a big um kind of like I would say like the the late 2000s, early 2010s of like this culture around spoken word in the Bay Area that like really blew up like with people yeah. like Watsky that was just phenomenal. Yeah, and so like I'm I'm excited to watch the show because I I, I expect I don't know I don't know how much more of that there will be, but I I if, a lot. If, okay, I was gonna say if he's still on <laughs> it, then I expect there to lot. be there to be some to some extent, and so I really want to check it out, and it's awesome to see that they bring back some free verse stuff like Barrett yeah. mentioned before. The and main, uh, the main shout character. out to yeah, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, go for it, Blast or Barrett. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was gonna shout out Jasmine uh, Zephas, uh Jones, who plays Ashley, who is um, uh, Rafa's uh, girlfriend in the the movie. She's the main character. Um, the kind of uh, premise, like in the aftermath of the the movie, uh, Colin has gone away uh, for for a bit, and then um, Rafa finds himself in uh, or, uh, what's his name? Miles uh, finds himself in uh, some trouble. Um, so yeah, it's really focused on her and like her dealing with the the aftermath of of some things, um, trying to talk to her son about a lot of the stuff that uh, Miles has gone through, um, and dealing with some of the guilt that she carries, and a lot of like just like what the family. Miles' family as a whole uh, is what they're trying to do uh, and come together with um, while he's doing his stuff. And, yeah, it's it's so good. And I just want to shout out two things. Um, we get Rafa in a suit in an episode, and it's he looks so fucking good. They look good. So, so good when, when they're, they're on in, that hill. When they're oh in the gosh. hills and they're looking at the – when they're looking at Oakland and he's in that suit. I'm like, god damn, dude. And then also we get fuckboy Anthony Ramos in the show for, mm-hmm. for a couple mm-hmm. scenes. Oh, and oh, it yeah. was just – Oh, it was beautiful. Yep. It was fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah, uh, going going back to to Ashley for a second. Um, she was also one of the leads in in Hamilton, and she is dating uh, Anthony Ramos, which is which is fun. Uh, but blessed to talk about you wanting the spoken word. I think if I remember correctly, she has an extended spoken word segment in every episode. Yeah, oh, if man. not okay. every, then like maybe like eight out of ten or something. But I think it's every. It's almost. And it should be almost every. They're episode, fucking good. Yeah. yeah. And other characters get them too at moments, and it's just like, oh my lord! Like literally, uh, the show gives me chills just constantly. The episode where they're watching Sean and they have the whole conversation about like, what does it mean to be like black enough and stuff like that was uh, like a really powerful thing. And like, obviously, I'm not black, but like, I've to feel the dissonance of like, in my personal experience, like am I Mexican enough? Am I Japanese enough? And just having those like conversations about like your roots and like what that means outwardly. And like, it was really cool to see on like played out on TV. And then what was the other one? Oh, (laughs) I fucking love Trish. (laughs) 
Yes, <laughs> dude. Character. Yo, like, <laughs> is this her West... first acting credit? No, it's not. I'm, I'm looking have at no other idea, stuff. I'm looking at other stuff. Hysterical. She's so good. Yeah. There's like a, a little sister character who's like, what, 20, it seems, like something like yeah, that. She's yeah, she's so and baby. She is the breakout in the same way that mm. like Gaeta uh, is a breakout in Dave. Very different types of characters, but like, she's, anytime she's in the scene, it's stealing it. Like, yeah. she's, every line she has is just fucking gold. Oh, she's in Shameless, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's only 23. And so, yeah, this, uh, this felt like a moment, like her performance in this, uh, uh in this season really felt like a, a, a moment, hopefully in her career. Cause yeah, I would love to see her in more stuff. And, um, again, I can't wait to hopefully when they get a season two, um, you know, we'll get a, we'll get a, a much more of her character, which was just fucking fantastic. I, I love like the, the run-ins with like her at the bank, uh, talking to the dude who was in the car that Rafa was negotiating with in the movie and yeah. their whole, yeah. like dropping literally every kind of Bay area, like uh, slang stuff in like a matter of like a minute and that it repeating. Was art. So good. Art. And then like running into him again in like the bowling alley, there's a lot going on. Um, just with like the making, uh, kind of their world of Oakland feel, uh, like a whole was just is so good. And yeah, there's so many great scenes with, uh, with Trish, especially. Yeah. Before we move on to, uh, the other shows, just real quick, I wanted to say that, um, it's just so authentic. Like they, they really nailed like what makes everything special about what we're talking about. And something I think is really cool is every week Rafa would do a Twitter thread of Easter eggs and like things like breaking it down. Like there's so much care put into all this stuff. And what was really cool is unfortunately because of COVID, this uh, wasn't the case for season one fully, but uh, the majority was, but for season two, if it happens, it's not greenlit yet. Uh, every single element is going to be from the Bay area. So it's going to be people like the production team and like the where they're shooting and like uh, the music used, the dancers used, all that stuff. It's going to be a hundred percent Bay Area. Uh, like chills. Yeah, it's just it's cool, you know. It's like it makes it special. Uh, and then season one though was like something like eighty percent, but the twenty percent like they had to shoot on sets and stuff that weren't here. But anyway, very 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 cool stuff. Want to see more of that from from other places? Like again, like seeing Atlanta, like gives you this whole other understanding of like a culture in a different place. So it's yeah. really cool. I will um, say that the last episode of Blind Spotting feels the most like a setup of a date, like the structure of a Dave episode in the way that like things that just get mentioned at the beginning come back full circle in like mm -hmm. such a perfectly orchestrated way. So that I feel like, yeah, it is those the holy trinity of those three shows. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta recommend you guys check out. I don't know if you if you have checked out Rami, but Rami in in terms of the like the show structure and setup feels like it is part of that family of like a dave uh atlanta it sounds that's like also on Hulu, spotting right? has it it's yeah, also it's also FF on Hulu. Yeah. okay yeah and that might just be their bag right like that might just be the the, the fx <laughs> effect yeah. um definitely different subject matter right like it's centrals yeah. around the character rami and him being egyptian and him being muslim but like watching through it i i was i was in it all the way like it has very a very similar tone and vibe as all the other shows that we just talked about and so if you like that i would say give it give it a watch for sure 100% I am going to do that. Um, but unfortunately, that's not what we're doing right now. We are going to talk now about High School Musical, the musical, the series, season two. Blessing, I want to start with you. God, I, so, oh man, I love High School Musical, the musical, the series so much. Season one, I I know I'm a mad person, but it's one of my favorite seasons of TV. Like, And I, th I think it is, it's just the unique thing of me growing up and loving High School Musical, uh, just as a Disney Channel original movie. And this show 
just leaning into that so much and bringing back uh, the songs and taking the songs and recontextualizing them in a way that would give songs that I loved from back in the day new meaning. You know, that was such a thing that was so unique to this show and unique to season one. And so going to season two, I had such high expectations. And season two, I didn't like as much as season one. I did like it by the time I got to the end of it. It took some time to warm up. Um, I think it's the thing of the storylines that they tackled in season two from the get-go felt a bit like it, it it didn't feel like it really took advantage of uh what we liked about these characters you know like uh, nini was off away in school doing her own thing like you had the characters doing the doing beauty and the beast and so not high school musical uh two uh and they were doing their thing without nini you had certain character dynamics being set up you had big red uh dating joey do you remember her name Oh, uh, no, I don't. Ashlyn. Ashlyn, yes. Yeah, Big Red dating Ashlyn. And so many of these elements, I feel like, didn't work perfectly. Like, I'd never, I never really believed in Big Red and Ashlyn's uh, chemistry uh, uh, together. The uh, having Nini be away from the gang for a, a big part of the season, it just felt disjointed and it felt like a thing that they kind of forced. You know, it felt like them being like, Olivia Rodrigo isn't as available. And I don't know if that was true or not. I don't think that was true, but. You know, for so. whatever whatever reason they did it, it just didn't it it didn't feel right. Um, and I think the way that they handled Ricky and and um, uh, Ricky and Olivia Rodrigo's character, Ricky and Nini in this season, just didn't do them justice. That said, by the time we get later into the season, uh, I really warmed up to what they were doing with a lot of the other characters. Like I think Gina is the shining character of this season. Um, with the way they handle her, the way they handle her and other characters' relationship, I thought was super well done. Um, the Beauty and the Beast stuff, I thought was cool. I didn't love it as much as the high school musical stuff, but um, the musical breaks, I think, were were good. Um, I it's it, it's rough because I can't look at any part of the season that I'll take and be like, this measures up to, measures up to season one, and that's like a sad thing for me to take away from it. But that said, it's still a good, it's still a fine season two for this show. I don't know, Joey, you if you feel any sort of similar. <laughs> So I didn't even finish the season. I made it through episode five and I was like, I think I'm out. Um, I, yeah, I didn't like the Nini being gone thing. To me, it felt like uh, they were like, hey, we have this conflict from season one and we made this whole thing about maybe she's going to be gone. Maybe she's not. And now we have to like actually deal with it. Um, so I did, didn't feel like even like motivations wise, I don't feel like it felt super real Mm. um yeah and like there was a lot of i mean obviously i didn't finish it but even just the way that like i've heard about things playing out for the season like i don't know if i how i felt about this i like a lot of the side characters i think i don't know there was just some magic that was gone was this influenced by the fact that i had been listening to sour nonstop, and i was like joshua bassett you did our girl wrong did he i don't know they're teenagers like I don't know if I'm this invested in it. Who cares? We are still <laughs> firmly on team Olivia Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, but yeah, like I, I I really did try to like push through more because I think I stopped at like episode two and then I ended up watching like uh, three more episodes. I was like, I heard my boy Jordan Fisher's in this. I got to get to it. And yeah, I was he like, is. You got a ways to go. I was like, OK, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it there. I will say, but the place the place where they end up toward the end of the season, uh, I enjoyed. Like, 
I the 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 like in the way that last season they put Olivia Rodrigo in this place where like she's going away and like all these things and they set they set up the next season. Uh, this this season ends and I was like, okay, cool. I like this and I like the last few episodes. But then they set up one more thing. Like they do one more thing with Ricky's character where I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Right? Like what this, this is fuck are you doing? What, what are you doing? Like this doesn't make sense for his character. Like this. Why, and I don't like again. Is this a <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo like sour situation or are you guys just? She is just blonde. Not, I mean, she is blonde. Oh, she is blonde. Wait, Tim, have you watched it? Oh yeah. Oh shit! What are your thoughts? I want to know. <laughs> well, bear, go for it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Joey. I don't even think I, we got to episode five. It was, it was like, we got to maybe halfway, whatever, whenever they celebrated, um, blonde kid's birthday. Um, I think that was the last episode we had watched. And it was one of those things of like story stuff wasn't hitting for any of us. The way characters were depicted wasn't working for Alyssa and I, even the music stuff, like even like when they would finally get into like music numbers, we were like, this is not nearly as strong as some of the, yeah. the hype whenever a song started in season one. I, the, the, the only music numbers I really, really liked were the Beauty and the Beast ones. All mm -hmm. the other original music numbers just didn't vibe with it. Maybe, much, maybe we didn't get like far enough in, but even like the Beauty and the Beast stuff, I feel like the way they interpreted some of those songs, it's just like, didn't feel strong enough uh, to Did really get stand to the, out for, for us. The sing off dance battle part. Because I thought that, that was the strongest musical familiar. moment of the show. That sounds familiar. Oh, with the other high school? Yeah. Oh, with the other high school? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I don't, the only thing we knew about the other high school is that blonde girl like left uh, the, the current school to go over there. Um, but yeah, it, it really felt like, um, and the, hearing Marie, uh, the more of you guys talking about it, it felt like the way they had ended season one felt like they wanted to end it purely just to have a, a kind of like cliffhangery type of moment without really thinking more of like what they were building towards. Cause even in the first two episodes, it felt like they didn't even have the answers of what they wanted to do to follow up season one, uh, which was like, I feel like the most disappointing thing to, to immediately feel uh, when the season started. So yeah, that's like all of those things put together. Alyssa and I just dropped off eventually. especially, I think Tim at you uh, at one point you were saying like, yeah, just, it hasn't gotten that much better, and it's just like, yeah, all right, we, we might be we might be done. It might be one of those Friday nights where we're so bored and we, we're like out of things <laughs> to watch that we're like, let's 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 try it at least, and maybe we'll be in a different headspace where it might hit different for us. But yeah, that's where that's where we were at. Yeah, yeah, bless. Uh, I'm happy that you enjoyed it even as much as as you did. I was like teasing this whole episode about how not good it is. So I'm happy that at least somebody found some joy in it. Uh, yeah, I, I am. With you, that season two is nowhere near as good as season one. I am not with you that season one is that good to begin <laughs> with. Um, I, I think that you're right in that the recontextualization of songs from the movies in season one is where it shines the most. And Olivia Rodrigo is a star. I love her. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I think that season one really did a good job of uh, making it interesting enough to watch, even if it's not the greatest thing ever. And it, it is it is like pretty a low bar when it comes to like the mockumentary style that they're they're going for it doesn't do anything unique or special but it does what it does well enough and it has interesting enough characters that i was invested in nini's journey and um i think her friends are great courtney who uh kind of like yeah. has a lot of moments to shine in season one and season two but i think season one uh really made her stand out to me and i liked that and uh the kind of love triangle with ej and then uh when you introduced um Gina. Gina and um, then Ricky as well, like the kind of like 
insanity of all that like that was enough stuff where i'm like you know i'm, I'm a sucker for the the bullshit high school drama so they did they did a good job but like you guys have all said that the season ended with a cliffhanger that even at the time felt like all right what are you doing here and once the season two started you're like oh wow they really are trying to dig themselves out of a hole that they made and mm -hmm. the first two episodes really just kind of feel like an excuse to get her back <laughs> with uh with the rest of the people but by that point i feel like they just lost the narrative and i'm lost where i'm like they introduced this blonde girl from the other school or that ends up at the other school and i'm like this is actually kind of interesting like there's this this whole threat of the another school that they're bringing into this i'm always a fan of of rivalries shout out to cobra kai um if they're going to turn this into a high school musical battle in this city where it's like everyone in the city cares and they're all in it that i'm in for the soul of Acapella yeah exactly yeah theater. But it doesn't really ever quite hit that. And I, I think the biggest disservice this season does um, is not only is the original music not nearly as good as season one, but more than that, all the character development and all the interesting characters they had in season one, the things they have them do in this season, I think are abysmal. And bless the place I really wouldn't agree with you is Gina's character in, the, in season two. It really felt like Gina and EJ, they're like, we don't know what the fuck to do with you, but we need to have scenes that you sing at some point. So we're just going to like kind of put you through some motions. We don't even know what motions they are. And I don't believe in them together at all. They made EJ's character in season two a complete dumbass. Like it reminds me of like Eric Matthews in Boy Meets World where early seasons, he's like a normal, cool, popular guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's this fucking idiot. Or like I mean, EJ was an idiot in season so one. Yeah, the whole... oh, go for it, he, go for it. He was an idiot, but mm -hmm. in this season, he's like irredeemably doofy. Like everything he says is like, what show are you on right now? Like, I know this show's campy, but like he takes it to another level and you put that next to Gina, who's incredibly talented. I don't know the actress's name, but she is a fucking stand-up. Mm -hmm. Wiley, I think. Easily the best dancer. She's Easily follow. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Like I'm sure she's <laughs> kills it there. Like she's so talented. Uh, but the the storyline they gave her kind of just feels like they were just pulling these strings. Like the airport scene of her bless, where the kid from Shazam shows up, and I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> like didn't expect to see this. That was my favorite scene of the whole season. Them talking, them building this kind of idea of like really kind of getting into who are they and what is their place in the world and all that shit, and then they just. Bye. That's it. It's over. And then Jordan Fisher's here. He's her brother. <laughs> it's a the most forced cameo I've seen in a long time. It's like, all right, I don't know about yeah. this. And then it ends and I'm like, okay, let's really reflect on what this season did. And what it really did is retread everything we saw in season one in a worse way. And the storyline between um, the teacher. What's her name? Oh, yeah. Mrs. Uh, Miss Jen. Miss Jen. Yeah. She goes from weird to just fucking like, we need to fire this woman. She is inappropriately <laughs> treating these students in ways that like is just not acceptable and not okay. But more than that, I don't want to see her anymore because I love, I actually really liked her as a character. But how many times are they going to tease a relationship between her and the AV teacher and Ricky's dad? And it's like a will they, won't they? And then they introduce this other dude that Joey, what's his name? The dancer guy. 
Oh, Derek Huff. Derek Huff. And I'm like, great, there's a third force now that I'm equally not interested in? Commit. Just give me something to work off of. They just keep That's, doing the... Yeah. How many times, Bless, is there a scene where Miss Jen is talking to one of the guys and then another guy walks this in the hallway up. and looks over at them and goes, <laughs> oh, man, and, like, walks away. It's like, what the hell is this fucking they show? They acknowledge it by the end of the season. <laughs> They're like, is it weird that they, he keeps showing up? And he's like, yeah, it is kind of weird. It's I think that's my issue with that show was like I don't care about these adult relationships and please stop trying to make me care it felt a little bit like Degrassi uh you know how like they would always talk about like the parents and like all of their drama but it Be made sense with your for words here Joey thank you thank you getting there and sense for Degrassi it's a generational show Joey Those you might want to restart characters um, were you might want to restart oh, okay. discord sorry okay BRB I really want to know what this Degrassi. No, I remember what she said. Yeah. We'll have it. It's the generational uh, characters. Mm. She has a really good point she's making. <laughs> <laughs> God, I remember Degrassi. Oh, I'll never forget Degrassi. It's still on TV, isn't it? They're still they're still oh, going. Yeah, they're still going, going, dude. Really? I still went going. I went way further with Degrassi than I ever should have. I was watching the Degrassi the new class or some shit. Uh-huh. In like wow. 2012. Yeah, Wait, they brought it back on Netflix. Late. Go for, hey, Joey, go for it generational, generational characters so they were in degrassi the first whatever not the next generation whatever it was called before degrassi. that so you care about them and you like have all this background in history it's like i don't care about ricky's dad i don't i kind of marginally care about this teacher because i think he's somewhat funny somewhat cool and the teacher but i'm like i don't know that we need all of the like i'd much rather take all of that time for all of those people being on screen and getting more character development for all the side characters yeah Absolutely. Now, uh, you know, for Ignacio Rojas, uh, he's been wanting us to do our High School Musical, the musical, the series in review. So we got to do it right here. Let, let, let's do a little uh, some ranking of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Okay. Would anyone put season two over season one? Absolutely no. not. No. No. So there you have it. The rankings. <laughs> Number one, High School Musical, the musical, the series season one and then a distant second high school musical the musical the series now, I season two i would love to do an eventual high school musical ranking i'd be all know, in on we'll, it yeah i don't know it could be a me and joey joint <laughs> maybe listen we maybe. gotta get to decoms eventually we will run out of movie series mm. and we'll be so point. desperate to do decoms but we're not done yet it's time for a little ragu bagu joey hit the song Ragu. Ragu. Man, I thought Andy was back and I was out of having to do these theme songs anymore. Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast with a podcast where we rank and review. No, just rank the bad guys in different TV shows. Let's see. We got to rank the bad guys in High School Musical, the musical, the series season one versus season two. Season two, clearly, we have the blonde girl. Yes. Yeah. In her and other school and Derek Hoff. Yeah. Yes. Season one, who would you say are the bad guys? Gina? Yeah, okay. Okay. I don't, I don't feel like I can't really think of anybody else. Like, everybody is, like, kind of an antagonist onto themselves, you know? That's what season uh, one is, is about. High school turmoil. Yeah. High school turmoil, I would say, is the, is the villain in season yeah. one. Mm. Either way, mm. season one has a better villain. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how you shake it. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't love the other school. I, I didn't love them. 
and that's unfortunate because honestly there was a lot of cool elements of introducing the other school and like them being better and having more budget and being able to do all the stuff and on top of having this little blonde girl who is just pure evil yeah. uh they try to redeem her kind of but then they don't <laughs> they're just like no she it's sucks weird because they try to re- they try to redeem her but then like they're like actually but no she really does suck like you know she stole the thing and then my, i'm like Okay, I don't. It got to the point where at the very end, when she is flirting with Ricky, I'm like, I don't know what to believe anymore. I'm angry because you keep now. pushing this. You keep pushing the fact that she wants Ricky, and I can't tell if this is a ploy to break up the other school. And if so, like, why does she care that much? They've already won. Like, why are we still here? It's it's weird. Yeah, it's it's really really weird. And it could have been cool because there are moments that are interesting, like the the reveal of who's wearing the beast. <laughs> Oh, outfit yeah. at the other school it's like i'm kind of interested in this and then they reveal it and it's like oh shit that's that's not who i expected it to be that's pretty cool and then it, again it kind of feels like they keep going back to the same storyline but it never goes anywhere it's just like by the end of it you're like so what are we supposed to take away from courtney's relationship with him everything's okay because mm. uh i don't know but anyway season three what musical do you think they're gonna do god i think they I go back to high school musical, musical too. season two just i please. think they go back because, like, the, the first episode, I mean, the best episode of the season probably was the first episode where they were doing the High School Musical 2 medleys and songs. And uh, that, for me, was a jam. I absolutely love that episode. And I think there's so much to do there. And I think that would bring it, it, it would kind of bring it back to, hey, we have so much we can work with in High School Musical 2 versus Beauty and the Beast. Like, I don't know. I think you need something quirky like that as opposed to something that people really love and respect on the level of Beauty and the Beast versus High School Musical, which is goofy and different and fun. Although... Yeah. This did bring us Olivia Rodrigo dressed as a fork. That's true. <laughs> that was never not funny to me any time that it, that it happened. <laughs> so The more that we talk about it, the more I realize I did watch like eight episodes of this. and I, They were just so forgettable that you I still completely have forgot that I did. I, I think I stopped watching at episode nine. And like when we said we we're going to do the screencast, I was like, OK, cool. I'll catch up and watch the finale. Open up Disney Plus And I was like, shit, there's three episodes left. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> it is a 12 episode season of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Uh, anyways, moving on, let's talk about Never Have I Ever, season two. I'm so excited. It's me and Blessing, I think, are the yeah. only ones that have watched it. Have you guys watched season one at all or any of this show? Mm-mm. Oh, I watched three episodes of season one. Not feeling it? It was uh, it was okay, and it just yeah. wasn't grabbing me where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to stop everything to keep watching. I really like this show in terms of like the teen dramas. Um, I think that they do a really interesting. It's Mindy Kaling uh, that wrote it. That writes I think. it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we had talked about this. I think Blessing had talked about this earlier about like writing these like flawed main characters that like you don't really like, but also allowing them to like make mistakes and stuff like that. And that is prime season two of Never Have I Ever. Yeah, it um, is. It it's hard to watch at times because the whole time you're just like, Davey, why are you doing this? Why are you doing these things? But then you remember it's like high school and you you don't necessarily have the forethought and like you get so stuck in systems and stuff like that. But I think the some of the development they do with the side characters in this is really good. I think we get really I don't I didn't love Ben in this season. I don't know how you felt about I thought it was fine. They gave him less to do. Uh yeah. and like I mean, like maybe that was a good thing for him because, like Davy in this in the season is a pure menace. 
like yeah and i i I, it's an interesting thing to talk about like the trend of comedies that have these unlikable characters because yeah like if if dave was pushing it for me this show really pushed it in terms of a wow she is her own villain uh in the show which is the point but by the time I by the time I got to episode five or so, I was like, man, I don't, I kind of hate her. Like I can't yeah. stand her anymore. Like she's funny for sure. So like, you know, I'm gonna keep following along. But it really was the side characters that I was paying more attention to. Like I liked the the new girl that they introduced in the season. Yeah, I she was cool. And seeing them connect over like her being so resistant to be friends with her of like, oh, you just want me to be friends with her because we're both Indian. And then seeing like what it feels like to have somebody understand like your life experiences. Like I remember, I think I was talking with Alyssa and I was like, oh, it was uh, Barrett's wife. And I was like, it's so nice to like be able to talk to you about things and like not have to explain them mm-hmm. of like just things of like, I was telling her like back in the day that we were going to like the Obon Festival, which is like the annual thing that at my grandma parents temple in mountain view and was just like oh i don't have to like explain to you what that is and i could to see davy have those same realizations of like oh we have these shared experiences that it's nice to have somebody else understand on like a base level yeah well as part of life that's one of the things i like the most the most about the show is that it's one of the few shows that really focuses in on being a first or second generation American, like ha- coming from an immigrant family. And season one, I, re- I like I really dug those elements, uh, especially because like, you know, he she has a, a stressed relationship with her parents, especially her mom, because her dad's passed away and all this stuff. And so much of that back and forth, I for sure felt as somebody, again, who is first generation and also has a stressed relationship with my parents a lot of the time. Uh, and like what, for me, when it comes to season two, I, I this is another one that I didn't like as much as season one because I think so so much of what they set up in season two in terms of, um, you know what what they do well and where those characters end up toward the end of season one, season two just capitalized off of none of it and so like there were moments of it tackling like you know have find it, having somebody in your school that you know shows up and is also Indian and has Indian parents that has to, has to deal with all that. Um, those moments I liked, but then also like. Davy's character in this season feels like she learned nothing from the previous season. Like she is just on a rampage of making every single wrong decision. Like the first decision she makes of being like, "I'm gonna cheat on these two people." It's like, wait, hold on. How, do, how are we starting here? Like, why? Why is this the? Why don't we think about the think uh, think through this? Because for for, I think so many people watching, I assume that that is probably a line of like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna like this character if." Like, their solution to the situation is to cheat on two people. Well, and she doesn't uh, ever really seem that torn up about it. She just seems, like, inconvenienced by it. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't seem like, at least from what I remember, like, she's not ever... It's not like a battle, like, is this right? Is this not? It's like, how do I do this? Yeah. And I think that's part of the hard part for me of, like, being able to relate. Yeah. But, like, that said, I... I I thought where they went later on um, was interesting in terms of her interactions with her therapist, kind of what they what they dig into in terms of like crazy Davy and what's wrong with her and, and all this stuff yeah. and why she's lashing out. You know, I think there there are interesting tidbits here and there regarding that. I just feel like as, as a whole, this, this season didn't come together for me as much as uh, the first season, even though I, I did appreciate a lot of what they did with Paxton. I thought his character was um <laughs> a bit more standout than a lot of the other characters this this season ben kind of felt like he was just just there uh the new girl they added uh i did like but then her uh davy's two friends her two closer friends i thought their storylines were super weird as well like i was never invested in what was going on with them 
And the girl that was dating the guy that was like kind of shitty, I was like, this is yeah. like a weird storyline. And like, I liked the other friend storyline better of like what it's like to like, but though it did get weird of like weirdly political during all the prom or homecoming stuff where it's like, oh, you're like targeting all these groups of people to hang out. I was like, this is, is this how high school is? Did I miss this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but shout out to, <laughs> shout out to A, the conversation that Davy at the end has with her mom when she like breaks down and stuff like that. Like that was, really powerful mm-hmm. it's like oh when you thought when you have like your worst feels fears realized by somebody that's like the closest person to you um and then also just the cameo of who common. Mom is. Or, yeah exactly yeah, like, like, shout out to common being common yes common is davy's mom's uh love, love interest in season two and he's literally just playing common it is great you know he, he just does his common thing um, I also want to bring up D- Davy's cousin's storyline, which I also thought was weird. Like, I appreciated the heart of it, of it being like men are trash because cool, yeah, yeah true. But also, like the the way they go about it, I feel could have been a little bit more, I don't know, developed. <laughs> like, yeah, it seemed very very surfacey. Though I did yeah. like the that she gets with the teacher guy, or not gets with, but like they have the they have like their moments, they. yeah. But also, what happened to her dude? Like, wasn't she? Da- Maybe I need to rewatch season one. What, wasn't she dating a dude from season she one that she liked a lot? She had a secret boyfriend season one, and yeah. then has what the, to him? like arranged marriage, and then maybe has a secret boyfriend in season three if she starts dating the teacher. I don't know. Anyway, never have I ever. Overall, as a show, fun. I would recommend it. Season two doesn't live up to season one, but for me, as somebody who's a sucker for for high school drama, you know, I rock with it anyway. I'll watch it and, and enjoy it. And I think if you like season one, then you can watch season two and probably like it and enjoy it. But yeah, yeah. it's not the best follow up, is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, moving on, I want to talk a little bit about Mythic Quest, uh, season one and two a little Hell bit. Yeah. Barrett, this is uh, another one that you recommended uh, to me, given a given a shot. It is a Apple TV Plus show uh, that you all have probably heard of because it was featured in the Ubisoft press conferences at E3. Yeah. Ubisoft produced it, um, and it is a a show uh, with uh, a lot of the dudes from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They're they're behind it as well, and it is a workplace comedy that takes place in a video game development studio, um, and that is kind of the pitch. And what I will say is, I am extremely surprised at how niche it is and how good it is. Where as I'm watching the show, I'm like, I am the audience for this. This group right here is the audience for this. My friends in a small circle are the audience for this. I don't know if there's an audience for this outside of that of the San Francisco game circle where it's like the jokes they're making, the things they're referencing, the like the situations, the plots, all of it. I'm like, huh. Okay, this is uh, very tuned in, but they do a really, really good job. And I think that with the exception of a, a couple tangents that they, they make here and there, um, it is a very, very solid show, and I can't wait to see more. Uh, you might be waiting a while because uh, I think one of them said that there's no plans right now for a season three. And for me personally, like, I, yeah, we had uh, subscribed to Apple TV Plus to finally watch uh, Give uh, Ted Lasso and Central Park a, a shot. And then when uh, we were looking for more stuff, yeah, we, we Alyssa was the one who actually was like, let's check out Mythic Quest. Um, and yeah, we were really surprised by it. Um, it was, it was like kind of fun, classic, uh, like not 
totally one to one classic Always Sunny humor, but it had like hints of that while also like doing the whole uh, commentary on like uh, development studios. And yeah, I was surprised of like how tuned in they were. And I imagine that was a lot of uh, whoever was from Ubisoft that was helping uh, kind of out with the show or guide them. They were probably uh, helping out with some of those aspects. Um, but yeah, I, I really loved the cast in it. Um, and it was, I think the show really clicked, uh, for both Alyssa and I, um, I think it was episode five of season one, which is a dark, quiet death, which is a standalone episode starring Jake Johnson, uh, Joey. So uh, to get your attention there, cause mm. Jake Johnson is the fucking, uh, I do love him. Yeah, he's great. And uh, that episode is like one of I think one of our favorite episodes, uh, they did two special episodes in between season one and season two. There's, they did a quarantine episode, um, which was at one of the toughest pieces of content to watch about working from home and quarantining and all of the stuff that like just really – because I think it's, it was in the lens of being in the video game industry, like hit really hard for me um, – and then season two, there's like a, a lot of highlights uh, throughout that season. Kind of similar to how Dave's season two ended, like, you know, the way season two ends, uh, it felt like they were kind of finished telling this kind of like whole story and the way they leave it off. Like they leave it off just enough. Like we could see more of that. But like the I, I feel like the way things wrap up, I'm like, I if we just get these two seasons, like I'm totally fine with that, especially with how niche it is. Like I'd be I'd be very surprised if they have enough of an audience to justify continuing the story. Um, but yeah, shout out to like the uh, a lot of the flashback ep- episodes are really good. Uh, the uh, the old man writer in the show, Carl Longbottom, who like writes all the lore uh, for the video game that they work on. There's like a whole backstory episode with him that is just so good. Um yeah, I was surprised how how much I enjoyed it because I feel like when they showed it off at E3, one, it was the wrong place to be showing off a show like that. Um, and two, because it was like kind of taking stage at, at, at Ubisoft like during this whole like E3 press conference, it was just like, we don't care. And I feel like it came out and nobody talked about it. And then like I don't feel like I have heard people talk about it until Alyssa was like, yo, let's, let's check this out. Um, yeah, shout out to the cast. Uh, Ashley Birch is in it as well. I think she wrote an episode mm. or two as well too. Um, yeah, every like it's. I think anybody who likes video games, interested in video games, in the video game industry, I think should absolutely check it out because I think it's a really fun time. I if you listen to one, Kind of Funny Games like Daily, you should watch this. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, start, yeah, I started a few weeks ago. I've only seen episode one, um, but I, from what I saw from that episode, right, I, I hear what Tim's saying in terms of like, yeah, this feels like it's for a very specific group of people. Uh, like the, they're they're making jokes jokes about like assets and sending assets to a to a or leaking their assets to a streamer because this is the guy this is the guy that that talks about our game and is going to have the biggest influence on the community and like the kind of stuff they're getting into i'm like oh okay well i get this a lot but like wow this is like very specific and so i'm i'm excited to keep uh keeping on watching the crunch that they for like it 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 hurts especially with like the the you know the conversation that goes around about crunch and they kind of make light of it but also at least to me not in a disrespectful way but like kind of like making a joke about of like how much like specific teams work like uh that one dude from um drunk history is in a couple episodes and he's like the Derek waters uh like it's like the head of the the art design team and they're like oh yeah like they can they can uh, whip something up really quick and it's like he'll come yeah. in it's like no this took us a lot of hours I haven't seen I haven't seen my family in a week like we we did a lot of work and it's like yeah, this is uh, this brings up a, a lot of conversations that I, I think are important, but I think 
the classic Always Sunny way. Like I, I think they do a really good job of like balancing the the humor in it as well. Um, and also shout out to like all the like um, the little Easter eggs here and there. Um, some of the uh, shout out to the guy who plays the. Uh, young version of CW Longbottom, um, John DiMaggio, big head yeah. from uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, big head from Silicon Valley. He's he's great in that episode, and like honestly, like I that episode is so good, and it's I I think it is my favorite episode of the of the show. So, um, the and then cast also is phenomenal, and yeah, yeah. to Barrett's point, it, both seasons have these uh, episodes that kind of go away from the main story to, for a flashback, and it seems completely unrelated, but then as you're watching it like pretty quickly you're like oh okay i see exactly what they're doing here yeah. and it's really satisfying it's a different vibe than the, the show has but it kind of reminds me of atlanta in a weird way where it's mm. just like okay this is a weird episode and i'm not sure i'm vibing with it but by the end of it when you look back at the whole season you're like okay, yeah that, that probably together. was my favorite thing like yeah. of the of the whole show and the rest of it was so good shout out to danny putty who's like this is oh, I, yeah, I feel dude. like a very different role for him and it's he's so good uh and then also the asshole like sales business guy yeah who has <laughs> like absolutely relate. no soul and like if you've worked at any sort of corporation ever you have met this person once and he does such a good job and then also shout out to charlotte uh nick dow who I have not never been familiar with, but she plays Poppy Lee uh, in in Mythic Quest, Lee. and she is so goddamn good. And the way that they build up her story in both seasons is just uh, I I absolutely loved it. And also shout out to Anthony Hopkins, who uh, was a narrator for one of the special episodes. Um, and uh, I, I just I just loved that that they got Anthony Hopkins for like it's a very surprising show yeah, like yeah. constantly I mean we we just said a lot of names and spoiled a couple like cameos and stuff but like we're not spoiling shit like there's so much in the show and like I, I think the biggest compliment I can give it uh, and this is kind of a theme of this episode is authenticity like they it really feels authentic to the game space and um to barrett's point about like some of the things that go they, they're joking about it's like there's a lot of problematic shit that they're joking about but like it's a comedy and like that they obviously understand it's problematic that's why they're joking about it and like these are bad like bad characters but the actors are great portraying yeah. them so it's like they i think they do a really really good job of dealing with the problematic uh elements of the games industry of which there are many yeah. so and i don't think they could have picked a, a a more fitted crew to tackle something like that with the people from always sunny who tackle just like you know every every comedy that is always pitched as like oh this is like a funny situational comedy about the worst people on the planet always sunny is like really actually that and the way like some of the things they joke about you're like jesus christ Christ, um, and I, I, I think they, they were the right team to come in and and do a comedy for the video game space. I, I was really impressed by it. Uh, so moving on to wrap up the show, we want to do a, just a quick little like shout outs. We'll go around if everybody has like one sentence shout out they want to give stuff, not a full conversation or anything. Joey, do you have anything? Mm, go watch Cobra Kai. That's all I got. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. You're part of the squad. I love it. Blessing. Uh, super random, but Search Party Season 1 is pretty good. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> watch them on HBO Max. Uh, speaking of it's HBO Max, Max picks. The, the, the thing I would definitely shout out is Hacks. It's a comedy show I've talked about a couple times now. Ten episode comedy series. It is uh, about a uh, comedian in, in Vegas that has been like one of the biggest comedians in the world and she's getting really old and they're, you know, her like residency is like being in question. And then they team her up with a young modern comedian writer or comic writer. 
uh, comedy writer. That's what I'm trying to say. And just kind of dealing with them of who's right, who's wrong. Like is the old way or the new way better are either right. It is fantastic. And it is a show that only gets better. Every single episode is funnier than the last. And I could not recommend it more. It is fantastic. I have one more thing before Barrett. Um, The movies that made a season two is out on Netflix. Really good deep dives. If you're interested in like the background of like how movies are made and how things come together. It's Forrest Gump. It's Jurassic Park. It's Back to the Future. And it's Pretty Woman. So it's like a pretty decent lineup of stuff. So yeah, go check that out. Barrett. Uh, Really quick ones. Uh, Shout out to Aquafina is Nora from Queens. We watched season one earlier this year. Season two, I think, is about to drop. Uh, Very weird show. Aquafina is usually like the weirdest character in anything she's in. But I think this show does a very good job balancing of like her not being the standout weird character because everybody is weird in this show. So it's very weird, very charming. I highly recommend it. Shout out to B.D. Wong, who plays her dad. uh, And he's also very funny in it. And the, the grandma... Uh, her grandma on the show is um, uh, one of the one of the actors from uh, Orange is the New Black, who's also hilarious. And Bowen Yang is also in it from Saturday Night Live, and oh. he's very good. Um, Reservation Dogs just started. That's a new show by Taika Waititi uh, that's on FX Hulu. Um, it's about a, a group of Native American teens and just, uh, like, them living on, like, uh, reservation land. Uh, very kind of classic Taika. Uh, very charming. Very funny. Uh, but also isn't afraid to get into like kind of more real conversations and uh, it's just like kind of a, a fun teen show that Alyssa and I have been uh, watching that I think premiered last week and so they're mm-hmm. the three episodes in because they did like the, the two episode premiere. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, final season premiered I think this week uh, that also came out with two episodes. Uh, the first episode very strong uh, especially with the conversations um, of the kind of role that police uh, have in modern society and looking at a lot of the conversations that have been happening uh, happening in the last year. Um, I don't think they they missed a beat. Um, you know they the show hasn't been afraid to tackle conversations uh, about this before and I think that the way that they were able to hone in on that stuff, uh, hone in on each character and how human they are and how they're struggling with these things and struggling with these topics um, and continuing those conversations while also still being fucking hilarious because that show is hilarious. Um, I was really impressed by it. Uh, Season two was also really fun um, and just uh, so uh, shout out to them kind of, I I feel like they're going to go out on a strong note for for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so shout out to that. Uh, Second to last one, Ted Lasso Season 2. We're only four episodes in, uh, roughly halfway through the season. Um, I I thought the show kind of started in a – kind of how, like, y'all felt about the beginning of Dave – Uh, The first two episodes for Ted Lasso, I was like, there's something missing here, and I can't quite pinpoint what's wrong. I was really scared of, like, oh, is this the sophomore slump for Ted Lasso? They quickly picked it up, uh, episode three and episode four. Very good, very charming. At that same kind of quality uh, height that the entirety of season one, I would say. Like, I I don't think there's a weak episode in season one. Season two so far, I I would say the first two started on a weird note. I do think they're uh, important into building what uh, the themes are for this season. Um, but still very much enjoyed it. Shout out to the Christmas episode, which I very much needed last week. And the last thing I got, My Hero Academia, season five. Uh, I know, like, Blessing, Mike and I have been doing Anime Thursdays, but I just since we're getting close to the end of My Hero, we're six episodes left, we're getting to the last arc. I know a lot of conversations have been going on with season five because a lot of people have been talking about how this is the weakest season of the show so far, which I would tend to agree with. I think it was very slow. Uh 
vague spoilers, but at one point in the show, they started veering off from like how they started reordering of how story elements were being told. And I think they did that on purpose because I think they knew a lot of this season was going to be a buildup to what was gonna ha- what's going to happen in season six. So they wanted to end on a strong note rather than having uh, this arc that they're going to end with in the middle of the season. Um, so definitely the weakest season, but I think it's a lot of necessary uh, buildup being caught up with the manga and knowing where the story is going to go. I think season six is going to blow a lot of people out of the water. I think people who thought uh, the middle of season three with the the Camino uh, Ward incident who have been missing that kind of height of uh, what this uh, show has been able to bring, like prepare for season six because it's it's about to be an entire banger of a season. So if you're not caught up or if you've been interested in My Hero, I think now is the perfect time to, to get caught up. So shout out to My Hero Academia one time. It's me. You know I had to bring it up somewhere. <laughs> Gotta do it. Gotta do it because this – is the kind of funny screencast thank you all for joining us for this episode of what we've been watching uh we will be doing these like i said irregularly there's no plan it's not like it's a monthly thing or anything it's more just like when we have stuff to talk about we're going to gather together it doesn't need to be this group necessarily it could be anyone at kind of funny and uh we'll come together and and give these little mini reviews uh while simultaneously giving you full reviews of things like marvel's what if that is going to be weekly star wars visions that uh we'll have to wait and see what the release schedule of that is and how we're going to cover that uh but for the weekly releases for the most part we'll be there if you guys are so thank you very much for hanging out with us we got some fun movies coming up i know in a couple weeks we got candy man ain't that right joey Ooh, i'm very excited but also scared scary movies in theaters i'm not prepared for yeah so that's gonna be a lot of fun uh we're definitely definitely especially after seeing the trailer like a thousand times recently jackass forever we will be reviewing it everyone so i can't wait uh but anyways till next time i love you all thank you